0: I've learned recently that, you know, bank tellers and the Department of Treasury, the way that they figure out what a counterfeit really is, is they study $100 bills. They study every number, every crease, every line. They know what that real $100 bill looks like. And I think when they see a fake, they recognize it right away because they know what the real thing is. And so, you know, obviously there's a correlation there with God's word that we have to know it. So well that when we're confronted with a counterfeit, we easily recognize
1: it. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're gonna meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling at all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. We live in an age where information is all around us. With so much coming at us, it's more important than ever to pursue God's Word in a world full of half-truths or shreds of truth as guest Angie Getz, the director of Bridging the Gap, states. So how can we discern the messages echoing fragments of biblical truth from what the Bible says is true? In this episode, Angie and I dive into real-life examples of cultural messages that might seem true but veer from the Bible's true meaning. We dive into the impact of scriptural misinterpretation and how to tackle misinformation of biblical truth in an era where everyone has a message to say. If you're overwhelmed by the vastness of God's Word or disheartened by distorted messages, listen in for a dose of encouragement and inspiration to rekindle your pursuit of the Word of God and combat those shreds of truth head on. Angie, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. It is so good to be here. Thanks for having me, Erica. I'm super excited to have you on. I have heard so much about you, your organization, but we have never had the chance to connect. So this is great to have you on.
0: It's so good to be here. And I wish your listeners could have heard our last 15 minutes of conversation that was so good and
1: so rich too. So yeah, it's fun to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I know I love that beginning conversation where we get to know each other a little bit. I I, I always hesitate. I'm like, should I record this? Because there's so many good nuggets that come out of that. But I'm sure some of it will be revealed during our time together here behind the mic. When I reached out to you to ask what subject you wanted to talk about, I absolutely loved your response. You responded with... The Pursuit of God's Word, which really goes hand in hand with the theme of the Thrive Conference this year. But you added on to that really um, how to discern the counterfeit messages that we are receiving in the world today because that's so prevalent and I see so much of how some individuals will take Bible verses and put a secular twist on it. And so um, I'm excited just to dive into that today and so we can pursue God's word and then also discern, you know, what is truth out of all of the information that comes at us. Yeah, that's good. I would love it if you could get us started by sharing a little bit of your story and then the organization that you're a part of and any other details that you would love for us to know about Angie. Sure. So
0: I'm a mom of three kids, two adult kids. They're 21 and 20, two sons. And then I have a daughter who's 16. And my husband and I have been in ministry for 20 Five years now. So we just celebrated 25 years at our church down in Austin, Minnesota, Cornerstone Church. I'm a firm believer that I think longevity is just underrated. There's something really special about staying in the same place in ministry for a long time and getting to see the fruit that comes from that. And so, anyway, so I was a landlord property manager for a lot of years doing ministry alongside my husband. And um, now I'm in this role. I'm the director of Bridging the Gap. This is my second year in this role. Bridging the Gap is a statewide women's ministry. It's non-denominational. And we operate out of the Assemblies of God office here in Minneapolis. But we do things kind of, we do events and different things all over the state. We have a podcast ourselves and, oh gosh, several different events throughout the year. Our big one is coming up. That's the Thrive Conference down in Rochester, October 6th and 7th. And we are working busily towards that. We're super excited about that. We have speakers, speaker and podcaster Annie F. Downs, Hosanna Wong, Bianca Olthoff, Gabrielle McCullough, and then also speaker and author Susie Larson, who's kind of local to Minnesota here. She's one of our MCs with Amber Gerstmann. So we're looking forward to that. And if you're interested in buying tickets, you can go to BTG, like Bridging the Gap bridgingthegapthriveconference.org.
1: And then we have a special discount code as well, which I will put in the show notes. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. There's an extra
0: $10 off if you listen to this podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for that opportunity. I know I've already had some friends take advantage of that. So that's fantastic. Good. That's great. So let's really get into the pursuit of God's Word. Before we get into those details, I want to take a moment to have you share your story, your personal journey of pursuing God's Word, and really what it means to you and why you think that it's so important for women to pursue God's Word.
0: Sure. So I grew up in kind of a Christian home, but not really passionately pursuing Jesus. I really came to know the Lord when I was about 17 and began to read the Bible. And I think that when you read the Bible, the more you want to read the Bible. So it's a little bit addictive. So sometimes it's difficult to get in that pattern of doing it. But once you begin to read it, you just want to read more and just want to understand more. And so I've just like spent a lifetime pursuing God's Word and learning. I feel like there's always something to learn every time I go to the Word of God. And as life changes, I need something different from God's Word and different things seem to pop out of it. And so I just firmly believe that God's Word is what keeps our compass pointed straight north. It is our source for wisdom. It's our source for peace. And it is God's letter to us. And so I really believe we're lost without it. If we don't know it, if we don't read it, if we don't take it in, we are just really lost without it as believers.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think in my journey of pursuing God's word, it became more than just a story and became that letter, like you had mentioned, that letter to us that's directly to us explaining like, hey, I have this gift of Jesus for you. He's coming He came and he's going to come again. And so it just becomes more real as you dive into it each and every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: So the world has so many messages right now. I mean, you get on social media and um, whether it's secular or not secular, there's just a ton of information coming at you and it's hard to decipher what is really true. So how can you distinguish between what aligns with God's word and what doesn't really align with it in a culture that's just so saturated and also very very diverse right now.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So I've been thinking
0: a lot about these kind of counterfeit messages. I feel like there's so many messages throughout culture right now that have just shreds of truth and so they become really believable for Christians to think that that must be true because there is a shred of biblical truth in it. And so thinking about these counterfeits I've learned recently that, you know, bank tellers and the Department of Treasury, the way that they figure out what a counterfeit really is, is they study $100 bills. They study every number, every crease, every line. They know what that real $100 bill looks like. And I think when they see a fake, they recognize it right away because they know what the real thing is. And so, you know, obviously there's a correlation there with God's word that we have to know it so well that when we're confronted with a counterfeit, we easily recognize it as being counterfeit. And sometimes we have to th- really think about it. Sometimes we have to think, gosh, that that doesn't sound quite right, but I need to dig into God's word to kind of figure out what it is about that that isn't right. And God always reveals uh, truth to us when we look for it. So In James, it says that if we ask for wisdom, he gives it to us generously. And so I believe the same when it comes to trying to discern these counterfeit messages that our culture throws at us. I feel like I've talked with my kids quite a bit about this recently, and maybe this is more than you want to talk about, but there's this message in our culture that says, you know, self-love. Even my brother-in-law was telling me that his Peloton says self-love isn't selfish, And there's a shred of truth to that, because in Matthew, Jesus says to love others as you love yourself. So there's this implication that we are to love ourselves. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself, but we are also to love others. And then if you look at the entire context of all of Scripture, it's never about just loving yourself. It's always about loving yourself so that you can pour yourself out for others. I was talking to my daughter about this idea of self-love and I just, we really have to build these conversations into time with our kids, especially because they are just confronted with these messages constantly and they don't have the years of ingesting God's word like some of us have had. And so we have to pour that into them so that they begin to see the messaging that our culture gives them. And be able to say, "Mm, there's a shred of truth there, but I don't think that's 100% true. And um, be able to go to God's word for themselves and be able to find what they need to find to confront those messages. So, And that's just one example of that self-love. I've got a giant, (laughs) a little bit of a list of them, but that's just a really long answer to your question.
1: (laughs) No, that's fantastic, because I would love for you to dive into some of them, because I think there are so many messages that we don't realize have that little bit of shred of truth, but are deceiving us in some ways and taking us away from the actual truth and what it was meant to lead us to or to guide us to. So I would love for you to just dive into a few of those. Oh,
0: sure. So my family does cousin camp every summer. It's all the kids and then all the grandkids at my parents' house. And so there's about a dozen grandkids and there's four of us kids. And I dove into this the other night with all of them because they're all like teenagers now. And man, are they just confronted with these things day after day after day. So a couple that I dove into with them is just this idea that God won't give you more than you can handle. I think we all know that that couldn't be further from the truth, that God often gives us more than we can handle so that we can learn, like exercise that faith muscle and exercise that trust muscle with Him. He's our source for strength. We lean on Him to sustain us. So He always gives us more than we can handle on our own, in our own humanness. My daughter said this one to me, and I thought this was really interesting. She's like, "This is on my classroom walls everywhere in school. the saying that knowledge is power. And she said, "Is that true?" And I was like, "Well, there's a shred of truth to that. you know there's there's shreds of truth to that. As long as we recognize you know where that power comes from, proverbs three five says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own knowledge. In all your ways, acknowledge God that He is our source. Acts 1 8 says, We receive power when the Spirit comes upon us. That has nothing to do with knowledge. <laughs> and doing that, then we become witnesses. And then in Proverbs, it says, Again, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. There's some different thoughts there regarding knowledge as power. And I just, I told my daughter, as long as you recognize where that knowledge comes from, as long as you have a fear of the Lord, there is some power in knowledge, but knowledge is not power in and of itself. And then there's that one, you know, money is the root of all evil. And I think we know that that's not true. In First Timothy, it says, you know, the love of money is the root of all. We're the evil ones. We're the ones that make money evil. So money isn't evil money in the hands of people who love it and worship it. That's what's evil. So there's just, you know, these handful of messages and you can apply that to every message you see in culture and say, does it line up with the entirety of scripture itself when you take a look at messaging? And then, you know, we have so many resources of people to ask and online to dig a little deeper on different topics to see if there's truth in them.
1: Where do you think that we were led astray? What do you think for, you know, how society changed or just developed that we've gotten to where we are today? Because there was a foundation, at least in America at first, that had that biblical foundation. And now we've been not as strong, I would say, recently, and there's statistics to prove that. Where do you think this cultural shift happened? All these messages have turned more into secular messages and not biblical messages. So they've turned biblical message into secular messages like the self-love. The root of that was biblical, but then they put that twist on it. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's such a great question.
0: I w- that's the million-dollar question. Is I don't think it happened all at once. I think it was a slow fade of questioning God's Word Less, um, oh man, this is such a deep question because I think it goes, first of all, as a school board member, people used to always say to me, when are they gonna bring prayer back to schools? Like, when is prayer gonna be in schools again? I got asked that question a lot and I thought, you know what, I'm not as worried about prayer in school as I am prayer in our homes because if parents were leading their children in prayer If families were in prayer, school would be very different. Prayer in schools is not our problem. (laughs) Prayer in families is our problem. And in my mind, I think that wherever that happened along the way is probably where things began to go south, is where we began to violate that in our homes and in devotional lives a ways before us. But I think it's been a slow fade over the last probably 40, 50 years of allowing messaging into our lives and adopting it and not questioning it, not standing up against it. I think that Christians are more awake than we've ever been. I think that we're paying more attention. I think we were almost jerked out of a slumber over the last couple of years, probably since COVID. I think we've been forced to wake up to what our culture is impressing on us and impressing on our kids. And it was bound to happen. And I'm really happy to see it happening, that Christians are more awake than ever.
1: Such a good perspective. I didn't view it in that way, but you're right. I mean, we had it easy as a Christian society. You just live your Christianity as a day-to-day and you don't think much about it. But when you face opposition that's when you really have to stand for what you believe and really question what you believe too and, and, and put it against these counterfeit messages. And you had mentioned your children, you know, having that conversation with your children. How do you even start that conversation nowadays? My kids are super young, but I think it is something that I'm going to have to start having with them at a younger age than I think I thought I would. So how do you even approach that conversation? Or even maybe if you don't have children with people around you where it may be uncomfortable, but you want to approach that?
0: Well, as far as your children, I would say make the Bible a regular part of your conversation in your home, that it's something you talk about often. You're not just teaching stories, but applying it to relationships and to situations and to um, music you listen to and to TV you watch and just applying scripture to all of those things, not in a legalistic way, but in a way that just says, this is part of our guidebook for life. And it's a natural part of our home. It's a natural part of conversation. And then when we see messaging in our culture, it becomes very natural to talk about with your kids. Like, goodness i'm thinking about an example of something our 7-year-old saw on a locker room and because there was such freedom to talk about really anything in our home and to ask anything came to the dinner table that night and asked what a word meant it was probably the first time that it was something so vulgar that we were a little <laughs> a little shaken up by it but also thought man we're doing something right that He would come to us and ask us and not ask a friend. We told our kids all along, we love you more than anybody besides God. And so you can trust us that we're gonna tell you the truth about anything you ask us. Your friends don't love you more than we do. And so anyway, in that same way, just creating an environment in your home that it's super easy to talk about the Bible and um, the truth of the Bible and to point out messaging to your kids and show them where it does and does not line up with God's word, because I think they begin to develop a mindset that does the same thing. When they begin to confront messages, whether it's at school or with friends, they begin to mimic what you've done for years, and that's point out, does that line up with God's word or not? And that's just a great exercise for kids. And now my kids are old enough that I'm able to say, what is it about that message that does or does not line up with God's word? It's really interesting to hear the responses and then still be able to come alongside young adults and kind of coach them a little bit in that where you go from telling them to coaching them as young adults. So you're in this stage right now with very little ones that you get to almost tell them what to think. You tell them what's true. But when they're young adults, you coach them along to discover what is true. Anyway, that's just a little bit about, I guess, how I would say. And the same goes with our friendships, too. I think that's a little bit different when you're working alongside peers and friends, to point out messaging that they may be believing or falling for. I think that is a little more tenuous and a little more difficult to do. And just like that verse in James that says, if you ask for wisdom, he'll give it to us generously, I think requires great wisdom and humility to talk with friends about that they may be believing counterfeit messaging.
1: One that comes to mind, and I didn't plan on talking about, but I'm going to because it's something God has put on my heart a while back, is this message of just this new age. And I've seen a lot of new age messages being intertwined with Christianity and a lot of women who are Christians using new age language and getting involved, I think unbeknownst to them, in new age practices. I don't know if you've experienced this before. I'm sure you have come across it in pastoring a church and an organization that's all for women of different denominations. What tools are there so you can combat against that and you can make sure that, hey, This may not feel wrong to me, but I just want to double check to see if this is even a biblical practice or something that is outside of what God would want for me in my relationship with him. How can we guard ourselves against that? And what are tools that we can use?
0: All those are great questions. I'm always amazed what a quick Google search will even reveal (laughs) for us. You know, is this practice biblically accurate or what are the deeper meanings of this particular phrase or what are the origins i'm always amazed what a quick google search will do and then there's tons of resources on uversion i believe also there was a study on uversion about this like counterfeit messaging and these different new age studies that people are investing their lives in and kind of falling for so i
1: think there's just so much out there that we can get a hold of if we know how to look every morning that I spend time with the Lord, when I'm diving into the Bible, I will even just like look up a word or a meaning of like, what does this mean, Lord? And so doing the same when you have questions about the messages that the secular world is bringing, but you know, there's that shred of truth in there, just like really being able to throw it against that because there is so much information, but then really, because there's false information on the internet too. So like looking at multiple resources and making sure they come from credible Christian resources. So there's Christianity Today, there's like the Bible Project. As you start researching, you will notice the ones that are really biblically sound. And I'll put a few of those in the show notes to be more helpful. But those are the ones that I go to when I have these questions that really help guide that narrative and what I'm searching for. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so as we wrap up here, just want to give you a moment to kind of share whatever may be on your heart in terms of the subject of discerning these counterfeit messages. What kind of a last words would you want to leave the listeners as they're thinking through and moving forward in their life and these messages keep coming at them? What do you want them to think of or what's a message that you want to leave with them as they, they go on? Like I mentioned earlier,
0: we've got our Thrive Conference coming up, and the theme of the conference is pursuit. And that came out of Psalm 119, 105, where it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I just am as convinced as I've ever been that we need to be women that pursue God's word. It is not an antique. It is not an old, tattered irrelevant document that no longer is useful for our lives. It is more relevant than it's ever been if we want to live a life of wisdom, of peace, and of knowing which step to take next. It is a lamp into our feet, a light into our path, and God will point out counterfeits. As you read and pursue God's Word, you will notice things in there that will show you exactly where you need to go, what you need to do, and what line or train of thinking that you're going down that might be contrary to God's Word. I just am passionate about us being women who just pursue God's Word. These are desperate times, and I don't say that lightly. We need to be women of the Word. We need to understand it, listen to it, discuss it with other fellow believers. We need to memorize it. We need to place it around our home. Our kids need to hear it out of our mouths. It needs to come out of an overflow of us to friends and to family. So that would be my final, my final thoughts or encouragement is let's be women of the Word that ingest it. Take it in daily. If you don't have time to read it, even if all you do is listen to it, on the UVersion Bible app, you can push play and play a chapter a day. If all you've got is driving kids to and from something, take it in by listening to it. And it's great for your kids in the car too, to listen to it. If a really cool verse comes across and you're playing it in the car with your kids, pause it and be like, did you hear that one? Like, that's a really good one. Um, that really applies to your soccer practice today or, you know, whatever. So my final thought would be, let's be women of the word. Let's know it.
1: Yeah. The word is our sword. And so that's our battle. That's our defense. That's also our protection and everything else. So yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay. So before we head out, we shared at the beginning about the Thrive Conference, but I'd love for you just to recap about the Thrive Conference that's coming up and then how they can purchase tickets and connect with you and the organization. Sure. Sure. First, our organization, Bridging the
0: Gap. You can find us at MN, like Minnesota, BTG, like Bridging the Gap, MNBTG.org. And uh, our Thrive Conference is this fall, so October 6th and 7th in Rochester at the Mayo Civic Center. It is the biggest Bridging the Gap party of the year. It is so much fun. A few thousand women come together and we worship and we have tons of vendors for shopping. Our speakers this year are Annie F. Downs, Bianca Oldhoff, Hosanna Wong, Gabrielle McCullough, Susie Larson, Amber Gersman, and then Portia Allen and Pam Steinley are joining us also. So there's lots of different options for add ons to your tickets. We've got special things. We also have an after party on the Friday night of Thrive. We're going to have a mechanical bull and all kinds of fun stuff. So you can register at btgthriveconference.org, btgthriveconference.org.
1: We would love to see each and every one of you there. Fantastic. And the mechanical bull. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love that so much. That's amazing. Amazing. One more question before we head out. I want to know what brought you joy today. Well, what brought me joy today? I am um, <laughs> I am moving
0: into an apartment with my two sons. I'm not moving in full time, but I work up here in the Twin Cities, and I live down an hour and a half south. And so my two sons and I are sharing an apartment and moved in today, and I'm up here a night or two a week. It just makes life a little bit easier But it brought me joy today thinking about that my two sons actually still are okay with living with their mom a night or two a week. So that brought me joy today.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yes, that's a first for me. I will say, Angie, to hear a story like that. So that's a (laughs) testament to you and your relationship with your children. That is such a joy. Well, thank you so much for being on. Just appreciate you and discussing this word about how to discern the words that are coming from the world and really combat it against the truth of God's word and let that shine the light through. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Thank you. The word of God is true. It is your compass for everything in life. Pursue it with all your heart and use it as the guide to correct messages that may lead you astray. Use the tools and resources available to you to shine a light on God's word and what it says is true. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith. Inspired encouragement. Love and prayers. Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.